Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo BCPOD to save $5 off your first purchase. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Good evening, ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. This is Matt, and I want to take a minute right now to just tell you how cool something is that I realized, and that is that this podcast has now been downloaded well over a million times. That's a crazy, crazy number. I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't even make sense. I know that's not a million people, but it's still it's crazy. Uh, we've been out on the road doing Emory shows, and it's the first time we've been on the road since we started this podcast. And so now people are coming to me every day, and they're saying they love the show. They think Joey's fat, all this stuff like that, and it's just incredible. So I'm I'm finally getting to the point where I actually think this show is real. It matters. It's cool. It's legitimate. It's something worth talking about. It's something that I can admit that I do. People ask me what I do all the time and I say well you know I kind of like playing a band and do you know just some stuff like that I really understated I'm never confident to tell people what I do and ask what I do for a living but now I can say very clearly we have the sponsors that we have we have people listeners supporting us like you and we have our band we have BC music and all the stuff that's going on so now when people when I meet people and they say well what do you do for a living I can say well you know I'm an entertainment mogul and uh, that goes over really well. So now I have the confidence. So thank you guys for letting me come into my own, become an intergalactic celebrity. Um, not quite rich yet, but thank you for supporting financially the Bad Christian Podcast. Thank you for supporting our sponsors, and thank you for paying attention to the music that we release and all the stuff that we do. I know you're not doing it just to be nice. I think you're doing it just because you like it, and that's the only way we would have it. So support stuff you like, not just our podcast. Support things you like, and don't support things you don't like just out of guilt. Don't do it. Just support good things. That's all we want you to do. Uh, Things like our new book, The M Word, The Classic Crime. Pre-order their album. King's Kaleidoscope. Support it. Emory, support it if you like it. That's what this podcast is all about, and we're going to continue to try to make everything we do uh, free, at least free as much as we can and all the ways we can. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Let's do the episode. Three, two, one, hit it. I <laughs> am. Oh, yeah. We are not near each other, but we're doing a song over the interweb. All right. That's really interesting. Joey, you're on the other side of the country from us right now. This is a new It's not really on the other side of the country. We're, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind we're of the both in, I mean, we're not in California. Okay, you know where, all right. You know where right. we're at. We're in Indiana. Joey's in Charleston. And I would say that's, I mean, there's more than two you, sides no, to the but country. I'm there's four. Do you really, when you said that, did you know where you were? Like you just said, yes. you knew we weren't in. You yes. knew you weren't in home, right? Right. But I mean, where you live in Seattle yes. would, in fact, be the other side of the country. But right now, you're not. Near so you're the saying other we're on the. So for everybody out there, just to know, Joey's in Charleston. Toby and I are in Indiana at our drummer Dave Powell's house, and uh, yeah, I said we're on the other side of the country because I'm I'm used to thinking we do our podcast from opposite sides of the country. Only this time, instead of me being the remote one joey is the remote one however i would say that there are more than two sides to the country there's a top and a bottom and a left and a right so but we're in the you, middle so we we're in the top you know half and he's no, in the no, bottom we're half we're just in the middle indiana is the middle we're, we're in the top it, half of the country in fact, he's in the bottom half it's closer to the eastern side like yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what you just did is exactly like what all old people ever do you're <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like my dad, he would always say when I called him from Seattle, it sounds like you're just in the room with me, but you're on the other side of the world. You're on the other side of the world over there, aren't you? Yeah, my grandma said, where are you? I said, Seattle. I said, how about that? <laughs> like it's a miracle. <laughs> so while these guys are touring, uh, I'm actually uh, helping Toby move. Now, just to give you some context here, Toby tried to make it work to where he – you know, was here when he was moving. Well, it's a living nightmare. Jess and I have been trying to buy a house forever, and they told us it would close before a certain time, and it did not, and it got worse and worse and worse, and literally came down right to the wire. And uh, so, yeah, it's been awesome. Honestly, before you tell tell the story, I just do want to thank you. And Joey is uh, my best friend and kind of even helped wrangle some folks from our church, but they are all just so willing to help, you know, my wife and our three kids Move. So you had to move to a new house, and they I didn't. While, I was not there. So you closed on a new house, and you weren't even there for that. And then, right, your, I had to your sign wife power of attorney kids, so Jess could sign everything. Your wife and three kids had to move while you. Yeah, were, Priscilla. Yeah. Priscilla was at y'all's house till about two o'clock. Man, she's the right person for all the unpacking and and yeah. putting stuff in because she she gets obsessed. Man, she's got to get it done. So she probably stretched Jessica a little bit because then Jessica liked to go to bed at a reasonable hour before two a.m. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah, she's, she's not really a two a.m. bedtime person for. sure. Sure. Hey, so this uh this lady came up, you know, to me, and she's just, you know, kind of like a welcome to the neighborhood. I'm so and so. Let me know if I can do it. So I was immediately like, well, I'm I'm just helping my friend move. I don't uh, live here. The guy that I'm moving for, he's hanging with his friends. He took a little road trip <laughs> while his wife. <laughs> it sucks. I, Matt and I were having this conversation, and Matt says, I told him that I would have actually for sure paid. Two hundred dollars, or or a certain amount of money, if I could have just been there. And he was like, "No, you would easily have." If somebody said, "Hey, this would cost two hundred dollars, and you don't have to move or anything," but I just feel so bad, like yeah, it's mentally moving you feel across bad, the, but it's pretty. Awesome I mean, just for my wife and family and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, I just I do not want to be away from that. I, I don't no. enjoy the moving at all. That's not what I'm saying. And I, uh, it's great to have a moving company or something like that. But I mean, if I could have just been there, I would have been so happy. Yeah, but it's funny right, because you got to get out of moving, but um, not even for anything other than just you're out playing uh, in a band, traveling all your friends. <laughs> Let me give you all a practical tip on moving and getting your friends to help move. And this is what I always say, and you probably didn't do this, but it might not have been necessary. But it, it's hard to get your friends sometimes to help you move because it's a pain and it can take your whole day or your whole Saturday or your whole night. So here's the way that I, I do. I say – I need, you know, four people to come help me move. We'll have everything packed up, but I only want you to help on one side. I only want you to help at my old house. Okay. So it's going to take you two hours, and then you're done because you'll get more people, and then you get other people to say, all right, now meet me at my new place, and we're going to unload. If you have a giant truck where you can load everything. Well, which you should. Yeah, but I didn't do that. You just want to get separate people for different ends of the trip. So you spend one half of the day packing up, and then those people are off. So they can only do maybe an hour at a time, but you're way likely to get more people to volunteer if they know, oh, it's limited. It's only to pack up. People will gladly jump at the opportunity to like, oh, I got to help my friend out, and it was only an hour. But you'll only find one or two good friends that'll help you for six or eight hours. But you might can find eight that'll help you for two hours at a time. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this time I would say everybody definitely helped. One thing that kind of made me upset was uh, our good friend Michael Schrecker. He is a Carolina Gamecock fan. And oh, he sent you that? That's yeah, right. He, he sent me a picture of my son <laughs> wearing a Carolina Gamecock hat. And, and you guys have heard this, and I know a lot of people want us to clean up our language, but Carolina Gamecocks are the – I mean, Columbia and Carolina Gamecocks are the anus of football. 
Is anus you, better than butthole? No. What would you I rather mean, hear? I mean, anus or butthole? I think asshole. And, and you know is, what? Okay, hold on. Let's vulgar. play word association. When I say this word, when I say this word, what, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Anus. Gamecocks. Joey. <laughs> anus. Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so listen to this. Like this, an observation I made. Did y'all know that our listeners and our readers, they literally think that we can get anyone on this podcast we want. This oh, is becoming the the most popular tweet and email. So all is, all of our yeah. listeners and Joey Spenson think we can get anybody we want on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean it's it's constant. It's like get this person on, and here's why. Get this person on, and here's why. Who's so, who, who's like the biggest name that you've seen that people have asked us to get um well the thing is is a lot of people they're asking um we've already tried you know and they yeah. they don't i don't think they can believe that anyone would want to turn us down. well the reason that the reason that is in all fairness i would say if you see lecrae the number one selling artist yeah. in the country yeah. on something well, who who couldn't you get if you can get that yeah think that's about true. it i think uh, if yeah, we were true. if yeah, if we were to no i think if we were to go after lecrae now it, we probably wouldn't be able to get them. No, that was good luck. I'm just saying, if, if for the listeners, they think, oh, well, apparently they can get anybody. I mean, what's the yeah. difference in uh, Lecrae or you 2 Because Lecrae yeah. sold more than them, so what are you, you going to do? All right, so y'all deal with it. Y'all y'all read these sorts of things, uh, you know, all through your career with Emory, but this sort of thing is just, uh, it gets me, man. This, this one guy said, uh, he wrote us, his name's Ben. I really appreciate how open and honest you guys are, and because of that, I feel like I've been able to get to know you guys more on a personal level throughout my entire life. I've struggled with my health due to cystic fibrosis and being able to listen to you guys while in a hospital waiting room or a hospital bed has been comforting as a fellow Christian. It's been refreshing to hear you guys uh, get frustrated with a lot of legalistic bullshit that has really started to bother me. So here's a guy in the hospital. Listen to us. Another guy uh, tweeted us the other day and I actually cried because his son is dying and uh, he's playing Matt and Toby music to his son, you know, to sue them. But I emailed back and forth with them a little bit. And it's just like, golly, it's it's just, it's nuts. This past week was tough for me because I just, uh, I don't know. I the, the whole... Toby's gone? <laughs> no, I, I just, I came face to face with parents losing their kids for some reason, like there's a uh, song I was listening to about a guy who literally lost his son two years ago. This guy emails us and it's just like, I just, that's one of those things in this world that just shouldn't happen. You know, I mean, it's just too, too much. It, I, I can't even hardly go there with the thought. Like I just, I can't imagine anybody going through that. Like I read that email too. And uh, just as a father myself, I just, I mean, I literally can't go there. Like if I go there, it just gets really dark and Honestly, for me to even go there without being in the situation, I think it just probably leads me to really sinful thoughts, like just about myself and how terrible it would be and how important it is to me. And don't take, don't take my kids away. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't. Uh, and and I, and I cannot imagine being in that situation and your heart breaking because you're right, man. It's something that shouldn't happen. Like I mean, you love your kids. You're supposed to be their parent and help them get through anything and yeah. you know what I mean and you can't do anything you're helpless to that well let me yeah. suggest something here I've thought about this a pretty good amount and maybe not thought out well enough but I'll do it here anyway I think that that type of thinking and what you're saying is totally true I also think there's a very unhealthy and sinful side to the thinking about dwelling about and then I'm even going to use the word fantasy as in morbid fantasy about uh 
thinking about that kind of stuff because it sounds like, oh, it's just because I love my kids so much. But really, just in the same way, I'm making a a really – you know, long comparison here, but same way with pornography, it's a fantasy thing that you're choosing other than reality to think about and dwell on. It's not necessarily reality, and it takes uh, what is good and what is real and what God has for you, and then you're choosing to think about and dwell on a, another thing, a perverted, that's true. I mean, a perverted thing. So, so to say, well, I love my kids so much, that's why I worry about them dying all the time. Well, I'd, I'd say that's sinful fantasy. Uh, yeah. on your part to some degree and i mean yeah. i'm not accusing anybody of anything but but for sure we're not supposed to to enter in, into fantasy to that degree i think it could be sinful even though it's negative and dark for some reason we choose self-harm and that's a form of it that's an interesting yeah. thought because most fantasy any negative fantasy people are usually just talking about either daydreaming or sexual fantasy and you're right. talking about morbid fantasy yeah, yeah you that, can also have like a, well fear fantasy yeah as well like exactly. a fantasy of oh something bad's a lot of anxiety or, would fall into yeah, that well, category yeah, all, that fantasy it. also really plays into usually a lot of times finances too what happens if this happens oh no we won't have the money we won't have the money and and guess that stems from doubt or disbelief or control yeah right well i'm just saying specifically on the kids i've thought about uh like i we're out somewhere and there's a cliff i think what if georgia fell off this bridge now it's not that hard for me to after i think oh make sure she doesn't fall off that bridge to imagine her falling off that bridge and then what that would be like and then how would i feel but but that's i think that's evil I think that's wrong. That's not because I love her so much. That's me choosing that fantasy. I think, and that's yeah. what when you wake up in the middle of the night and have to check if your kid's breathing <laughs> twenty times. Oh, you're just the, <laughs> the greatest mother who loves so much. Or no, well, that's I think you're entering into some dangerous territory there. I'm oh, not saying yeah. that I don't do it. I'm just saying think think about that. Yeah, and then so I'll, it, and then friends just go, oh, bless her heart. This is a tough time. You're, yeah. You know, we know financially or whatever you're yeah. going through. But at the same time, what you, what we're not saying is we don't want to. Uh, I guess minimalize. That's that's the other thing too. Like just that fantasy of worry really minimalizes folks. Like the the gentleman that sent us that email that oh, is yeah. actually going that's through yeah, it. Absolutely. it. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. really living it yeah. and trying to walk out of so, faith. Through so that. let's that's weep and mourn with, with him and not vicariously yeah. ourselves. Right? Actually, that guy wow, actually has it for point. real. Weep for him, mourn for him, feel his pain, and don't think about you losing your kids. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. You know what? That's true. I'm. I do that. <laughs> is it a is it a sin to get pissed off at, at people for uh, not even really talking bad about your kid, but just mentioning them? <laughs> <There's> this, <laughs> we we put out a uh, a post this past Wednesday, and I knew, I mean, we've put it out before. It's one of those reposts, and the whole point of the post is stumbling blocks and how Christians, in my opinion, misinterpret what that means. But I use alcohol as an example and so it always causes this humongous stir and this guy who matt says actually knows uh wrote us and basically i mean i, I thought it was a joke he named all these nicknames for the bars Do you and have saying, a, you, could you read those i think those are funny i've seen the them nicknames before. yeah yeah i've actually is, read this same guy who's p- posted those he posts those a lot even on his own facebook like those are terms he uses all the time but i think they're funny can you pull them up and read them and what's funny is a lot of people wrote us and they were like, hey, I call such and such for a band name. Or <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> for the local bar, it's the synagogue of Satan, the foyer of hell, the way of destruction, the pit of vipers, the office of wickedness, <laughs> the siphon of morals, the, the altar siphon of morals, <laughs> the altar of ruin, the institute of poison, the wolves den. And then he said, <laughs> I would encourage anyone who thinks it's safe to drink alcohol and thinks that the Lord is all right with it ought to take a closer look at the attitude the Bible has towards alcohol. 
I'll make it easy for you. And he lists all these scriptures. I'm like, wow, you, you definitely left out all the ones that uh, said to enjoy alcohol. All of these are condemning drunkenness. I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. But here's what he did is um, I, I told him, I was like, I mean, it was a very respectful email. I said, hey, man, uh, we obviously really disagree on this issue, uh, but we respect your position. Would you like to come on the podcast and discuss this? I said, it would be fun. And he responded, he said, it would not be fun. He said, obviously, you guys uh, don't care about what the Bible says. And then this is just something, it just pisses, it sets me off. He said, it's a shame that that beautiful little boy of yours that I see pictured uh, on Facebook, you know, is growing up with a father um, and will potentially be led astray by his lack of, you know, seeking the Bible. I want to read what he said about that specifically. Okay. I just think it's interesting, or I, honestly, I think it's funny, so that's why I'm going to read it. But he says, uh, he says, it breaks my heart to see that beautiful son you're holding and think about the dangerous words you are teaching and how you're opening the door for Satan to come in and try to destroy Good him. Lord. What if he believes what you teach, Joey, and, tr- <laughs> and tries alcohol for himself and is very liberal-minded and it destroys him. Liberal mind. So he like could being actually. Is sinful too. So apparently. it's possible, Joey, that if your son has you for a dad, listens to this podcast, <laughs> that he might drink a beer and vote for a Democrat in the future. And then it all is lost. <laughs> It'll all be over. It's all here, over. Here, here's my question is. Christian. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, that. <laughs> This guy, he does think it's a sin. All right, so I'll give him that. If he thinks it's a sin, then I agree with everything he's saying. But my question is, how useful is this list that he obviously thought long and hard about as far as his being able to make a connection with people that don't know Jesus and could potentially learn about Jesus through someone who has accepted Christ. I believe this guy's a Christian and I believe he is almost useless to the, to the gospel. But here's where, you know, I get convicted is of course he's not useless. He knows the gospel and there's power in the gospel. So I do believe that if he shares the gospel with someone, it's out of his hands, it's up to Jesus. But still, as far as like putting himself in a place to where he can be used, this is useless. I mean, what's he going to do at a show? Say everyone stay out of bars. And um, that's Joey, a helpful to, thing? Joey, to be clear, I, I know this guy pretty well and spent a lot of time with him. And yes, that he is at, he does do that at shows. He, they, I mean, he, he just represents a different type of person and a different mentality that we totally disagree with. I, I think we feel the same way about him. I feel like what he, we, we think he's doing actually is counterproductive in a lot of ways. And he yeah. certainly thinks the same thing about us, but he, uh, and his band, they they would stop and try to get people in the door, and then after play some music, and then preach, and and the preaching would be along the lines of stay out of bars because it's yeah. the synagogue of Satan and the office of what is the office of evil? That's my favorite office word. of wickedness. Office of wickedness. So yeah, <laughs> hey, so that so is here, that's where he's at. I think it's interesting. Awesome. I don't think we ne- necessarily need to just hate on or blast him. No, I mean, it's, it's just crazy that that somebody that can think this differently from us, and I feel like somehow we're on the same team. It's almost embarrassing, but I, I yeah. think that's the reality Do of it. Do you think, uh, like, some of his names are kind of cool. Like, one was, like, the Wolves or something, wasn't it? Wolves House or whatever. Like, what if uh, some the bars... The Wolves Den. Yeah, the Wolves Den. Like, what if some bars <laughs> actually use that name? Do you want to open a bar called the Office of Wickedness? Yeah, I mean, what if, like, would he want some royalty from yeah. the name? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, hey, I mean, so, you're using, like he wants to get paid for those. It's so very creative of him. Here, here's the classic irony: is I, uh, 
I text you guys and I said, hey, I'm really mad at this guy for talking about my son. So as an act of accountability, <laughs> I'm letting you guys know that I'm mad and I'm not going to write them back. And you guys immediately responded with suggestions of what to what say, to write writing them back. Yep. And I was like, this is not helpful at all. But I actually liked what y'all said. So Toby told me to write him. Love you, man. But honestly, can tell you struggle with some hidden sin and your point of view isn't helpful if you can't be open and honest. Definitely looks like you struggle with pride. This is what I added. Definitely looks like you struggle with pride. I do too. Praying for you as well. Appreciate yours. Now he responds and he says, there's a constant struggle between the flesh and the spirit, exclamation mark. Let the spirit win. Don't be dragged away by your own selfish desires. Paul said, we have to minister. We have to master sin. That means you don't have to give in. That means you should be struggling, shouldn't be struggling with it. Resist the devil every day. Or so he does. So he would say he doesn't sin, and no, I, would, I, think, I would say if he's saying that, then he is sinning. Right, and <laughs> he in and fact so that Matt, is sinning. This is Matt's classic line that I'm going to just use from now on, and I I ended uh, the discussion with this, and he never wrote back. But I simply said, and this is Matt's words: "We feel the exact same way about you as you do us," and that into the conversation and i would say that's very uh true is that we look at what he's saying and doing and we see it as man that's really sinful so I mean, what i'm saying not... is what i'm saying is he could be right i mean right like he if he could be that wrong from our point of view then he can't understand how we would think this so likewise what he could be totally right and we're just really are crazy messed up weighed down by our flesh and culture or something i, yeah. I don't think so but i mean he could, I mean, we're most likely we'll uh, no, be in heaven. Not one right. of, they're, they're, I don't think just, he is, but one. <laughs> he's just not. I'm not. Gonna, I can't even go there. It's just not right. If our entire existence and everything boils down to we get ourselves into heaven, is what he's saying. If I don't go to the sin of iniquity bar and drink, then I'm good enough to get into heaven. Then forget it. It's all over. That's not true. There is no chance that can be true. If God only interacts with us and says, "Don't do these ten or fifteen things, and then I'll love you." It ain't that that makes no sense. That's not true. And that's what this guy's saying. Don't do this, this, and this, and that means you're a Christian. That's not true. You're going to do a ton of billion bad things just because he doesn't Drinking drink. Alcohol doesn't yeah, just because he doesn't drink. I wish I, I there's a billion things he does do, and he just doesn't see it as much. But I mean, I wondered, does he has he ever eaten too much? Has he ever abused any other drugs? Has he ever uh said something really mean and cruel to his wife or family or or has he ever cheated on his taxes? I mean, there's a million things he can has he ever worried sinfully? Has he ever, you know, uh, there's a billion things he can do and, and it's silly to pick these five or ten because oh that's gonna leave it lead yeah, everybody astray. It is because then somebody else said on our Twitter after that they said as far as alcohol goes yeah there's too many things um there's too many too many factors about if and how much that to worry about so it's better to just cut it all out and I said yeah, I responded that's... I responded to him say I, I agree totally same with money I think we should do the same with money and yep. greed because you got to watch out for it so you should avoid money entirely also yeah. lust being as big of a deal it is that's why we need to do the, the head coverings like they so, do in in the Middle East because so why how much alcohol? can you, you know, get rid of why it? Why alcohol? You know, it's I mean, just why, easy. Why is it just such easy, a hot yeah. button? It's and, just and, easy. And, I mean, alcohol does lead to ruin. There's yeah. tons of there's plenty of data on how bad alcohol can be for you, yeah. for sure. But there's plenty of data on the number one killer in America now is probably obesity. Yeah. So sugar, you know sugar's I mean? exactly the same yeah. as alcohol and, as far as that goes. And driving over the speed limit kills people. And yeah, yeah I mean, and money and worry kill people. Anxiety. We take unbelievable medications now because we can't even give our anxiety over to the Lord or anything. Well, there, you know I mean? 
there's a girl, Amanda Speedle, Spidle, and she wrote something that I posted on our Facebook. I think it's true. What do you guys think about this? She says, food is just as bad as alcohol or drugs. People are just too ignorant, deep in denial to accept it. If you don't believe me, ask a doctor. Most Americans prefer to kill themselves slowly with food rather than alcohol and drugs. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's really totally similar. It's just, I mean, obviously it's an issue of good use, intended use, godly use, and uh, moderation or overuse and abuse. I mean, that's all it is. It's, uh, sugar is the same way. It will kill you. It's bad. Now, it kills more people. I mean, you can make yeah. all the stats on it. it it's just... Now, here, here's where I do think Christians have to be... Here's where I think Christians, including ourselves, need to be sensitive is to the families that... I mean, losing someone to alcohol addiction, divorces, uh, people, you know, dying, screwing up their liver and all that sort of thing. It is way more in your face. It's way more obvious. It's way more overt than someone that is clogging their arteries, that's still going on family vacations, that's still spending time with their kids. And so I do think especially people that walked out uh, a childhood or, you know, they're grown up and they have a, a father yep. that's an alcoholic or something. I mean, that is a different take. But I think where they go wrong is saying, man, you just don't know how dangerous and crazy this is. We all just need to abort. That's that's the issue. But it, it's just I agree with you, but that just shows you our mentality. And we just have a cultural, a Christian cultural mentality that is just silly. And it just we pick out these five few things and then uh those are the things that that clarify or prove our faith or something like that and it's just really it's it's crazy like for example i had a rough night on stage last night this this last night was the second night of tour and both nights somebody in the audience yelled talk about jesus like in a, say ob- obnoxiously jesus. when it's quiet yeah yeah songs. not right you know what i mean say jesus <laughs> Did and you did you threaten him like you've done in the past? I, I went down and started kicking ass. The, the no. first <laughs> night, the first night it happened was two nights ago, and then the, they they just stopped or they left. I think they may have left. Yeah, I think they actually even because left. Toby didn't do it. Uh, well, I started talking about. <laughs> I think they started. I think they thought I was talking about Eastern religion and believing in it, like reality and stuff like this. I was just I was just being honest, having a quick conversation because we were having some technical difficulty, and then somebody said, say Jesus. Oh, you just talked about say something Jesus. philosophical yeah, yeah, for a minute, about and, then, and then they wanted him to go into and, Jesus. And then last night, a guy in the front row, uh, he just kept saying, say Jesus, man. Talk about Jesus. And I kept, I played another song, say Jesus. We played another song, say Jesus, man. And I finally, I just lost it, and I, <laughs> I felt like I just, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I, don't, I don't think it was good. I, I believe for sure. I thought it was tremendous. I, <laughs> I said it, and there was some anger there. Just like, I just got, I got upset, and I, I, the guy just wanted me to say Jesus, and I told him this. I said, I think the only reason you want me to say Jesus is to qualify your faith. You you need me to say Jesus because that'll make you think that what you believe is more real. If you're, Were you if, looking if, at him when you said yeah, that? He told that to him and several hundred other hundred people. So. Yeah, there, there were several hundred people there. And I just stopped. So in a certain, And then I did qualify that I do believe in Jesus and uh, so Matt was right. Matt made a comment that the guy actually got his point across, even though I was upset. But my point was, just because I have a microphone, I said, you don't go to your plumber while he's fixing your pipe and go, say Jesus, say Jesus. You don't, you know what I mean? You don't go to the <laughs> bank trying to get a house loan and go, hey, man, love this loan. Say Jesus. 
Say Jesus. I mean, what? Because I have a microphone. And then Matt said, okay, hey, here, say 10 words. I said, give, right. him, give him the microphone. Give, give him the mic. 10 say words. 10 words. You can say whatever you want about Jesus. And, and Toby I puts put the, the mic down in his face. And total silence. Total he didn't know what silence. to say. And I was like, okay, there you go. Why didn't you use You wasted your opportunity to say Jesus. <laughs> you didn't say anything. You blew it. Everybody here is screwed. And, 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 <laughs> and then I said. Did he enjoy the rest of the show? Uh, well, oh, it, yeah. it was, it was weird because when Toby, by the time Toby got down and put the microphone in his face and everybody was quiet and said, here, it's your opportunity. You have the microphone now. He just was stone-faced. He didn't move a muscle on his face or anything. I don't know what he was thinking. And then after that, I think Toby might have started to feel a little bit bad, and he did ramble on a little bit. And then he did talk about how he does believe in Jesus, but it, it didn't matter. And why would this be? He's just here to well, sing my songs. My point was and, why? And the guy it, yeah. ultimately, I think, was like, okay, that was a little harsh, but at least – I think ultimately he's like, well, Toby did talk about Jesus, and he, he stayed in the front row the rest of the show. My point is, just because I'm in a band, why would you believe in me? I'm a very terrible person that is is not good, and you know what I mean. Like, what I'm up here rocking out on stage, and then I need to help you clarify your all of eternity. I mean, I'm trying to play Studying Politics, the song that I wrote years ago that people want to rock out to. And also, by the way, in between this next song that I wrote, let me clarify all of eternity and existence and everything in a, in a you know, 30-second uh, little point. And it's just, it, it's silly. And we used to do that, and I felt so stupid because I was just saying, hey, man, I just want to tell everybody we believe in Jesus. That doesn't mean anything. It's way more if I live it out and hang out with uh, people and are face-to-face just like everybody. And it just really bothered me because that guy wanted me to say Jesus, I really believe, because it would qualify him. Oh, man, my, my the band that I love the most also believes in Jesus, so that must make it more real. Or, man, you know, okay, and, and that's just not true. He doesn't need me to say Jesus. Either it's true or not. And, it, it, man, it just got me, and then I felt really bad. And I felt like it sucked the life out of me after that because I just felt like, man – to a certain extent, people don't understand this, but this is a job. I'm out here missing my family, missing my family move. Uh, you know, my wife's going through a bunch of stuff. Uh, kids are, you know, growing up. I'm missing all this stuff, and it's a job. I'm doing it. Uh, I do love performing and writing music always. I just always have enjoyed that. But being away from my family is tough, and if we didn't make money and this wasn't a financially good idea, I would never miss being away from my family. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like we actually have to make money so that we can afford to live, and I don't think people realize that, and then they just want, they, they, they think it's uh, this guy that, you know, wrote these lyrics that got me through a tough time, and now he's going to say something epic about God, and everybody's going to be, you know it, and I'm just like, man, I'm just, I got a sore throat, and I'm missing my family, and I'm, I'm here just trying to put on a great show, and you want, you want me to I'm with you clarify though, all, all of eternity. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I do think you're right, though. It, it makes them feel good. I mean, you know, if you can if you can be like, man, this is my favorite band, and they validate what I believe, it just makes you feel good inside, and it shouldn't be needed. That's the thing. Is sure, okay, that makes you feel good. I mean, I, I like it when I discover a really cool band. I'm like, oh wow, they're Christians. That's awesome. But I shouldn't need that. I mean, I, I should. It should be careful with that, I think. But, and then the next thing happened was there's another guy yelling yeah. something from the way over in the side in the back. And it was something like, I mean, he was, I thought he was calling us pussies or something like that, basically. And he kept doing it right before the song started. So I stopped and was like, hey, man, what, what was this guy trying Matt, to say? Matt, to I actually <laughs> saw Matt going to dad mode. Like, hey, man, what are you saying? <laughs> so, would you just say he you was basically yelling like an insult or something at us so i was like well let's just let it hear what he what is he has that can't quite make it out but it sounds like an insult or whatever but it turns out he was just yelling the same thing that uh james winston, winston yelled at. <laughs> so i won't repeat it <laughs> so i had actually stopped the whole show and let, gave him the opportunity to repeat his vulgar obscenity yeah. to hey, the whole crowd which i didn't listen. mean to do 
<laughs> Listen to this, man. Uh, I wasn't going to bring this up. But, but hey, you mentioned- before you say that, that does prove that there, I'm not going to repeat what he said. So for all you guys out there, we don't just purely love vulgarity. I'm leaving this one out. Yeah, yeah, we're leaving this out. It. But it is funny, though. Like, you, you actually took time to yeah. let the guy say it yeah. very clearly yeah. to everybody. <laughs> But so yeah. Anyway, it was a pretty wild show last night. So we've had two shows so far, and Toby's been pretty bummed about both of them. So we're going to try, and that uh, that can be a big deal. But we'll uh, we're going to get a good one tonight. We're going to we're in Indianapolis. We're at Dave's house, and so we're wait. Gonna, what do you mean that could be a big deal? Well, when Toby gets bummed out, you can't help him. Nothing uh, it, you can I'm, do. I'm unhelpful. So you're saying it's going to affect shows. No, no, it's I mean, no, no, no. I'm just it, saying it affects the day, the rest of the night, all that stuff. I just get bummed. Like the rest of the night. Show, yeah. Like, you can't convince him that we played good or the sound was good. He thinks the sound was bad, everybody played bad, the crowd sucked, everything's bad, the city we're in sucks, all because one guy irritated him for two minutes. I now, Toby, that's it. Toby, this is what we're doing with, uh, with Bad Christian <laughs> on a regular basis. We're saying things that cause that sort of thing. Is it just different in the flesh? No, it, yeah, it stage? is. It's, just, it's not that. It's just there's so much wrapped up when you're on stage and being vulnerable and doing yeah. that. So if something goes the wrong way, you just start feeling in a lot of ways. And Toby, more than other people, carries that weight and feels that and is all this. But anyway, I think it's entertaining. I enjoyed the show last night. I thought we played good. And I liked both of those incidents that happened. So it was pretty fun. Anyway, we're just barely getting going on the tour, so we're not even playing our songs that good or totally where we need to be, but we're looking forward to doing the rest of it. So, yeah. uh, and we have a, a new guy out with us, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, Jeremy from uh, the band Abandoned Kansas is playing with us, and he's he's doing yeah, the bass and voice. singing spot because it's neither, a great band, by the way. Yeah, Abandoned Kansas is good. You should check them out. But neither Devin nor Andy Nichols could come this time, so we have Jeremy, and he's doing a great job. So yeah, Devin can come. We saw Devin at the first show, and Devin couldn't come on this tour because he's satisfied. Yeah, he's too satisfied not to <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah. No. He just said, what did he say, man? Well, he's going to get mad and long, text There's us a long setup it. for this, but Toby was asking. Toby is a little bit weirded out that Devin quit the band and or stays home. And why, Toby thinks, well, why do I do that? And he asked Devin, said, don't you, I mean, what do you want to do? Like, don't you have any ambition or uh, it's, and Toby basically accused Devin of not having any ambition in life. No, that's not true. I didn't <laughs> so, no, did, did said lo- you're very satisfied, and I think he agrees. No, He's but just you, very no, Toby used the word ambition, and so in Devin's response to why does he have ambition, he goes, it's not that I don't have ambition. It's just there's not anything I feel like I need to do. Which <laughs> 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 is hilarious. It's a great answer. It was a great I'm not, answer. I, don't, I mean, it's not that I don't lack ambition. It's just nothing I feel like I need to do. <laughs> it's crazy because I, I always say stuff like, man, you know, all Christians struggle. They have contentment issues. Not Devin. Devin's content. He's great. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, That's I, awesome. Well, this conversation started because, obviously, whenever I see Devin, I'm just so happy. I, Devin is one of my all-time best friends, and I guess probably the way I should have worded it is, is man, it, it is fun when you're out. We miss having you out, you know, whenever we go out on tour. And so we just kind of ended up talking about, and it, I'm not saying, it, I think it's an amazing thing. Like he, Devin left everything out on the field. And, you know what I mean? Like he, he does not miss Emory in a sense of, oh man, I just wish I could be out there. You know, a lot of guys we know don't get to tour anymore or, and they miss it. Devin doesn't miss it. And so at the same time, I think that's really good. And I, honestly, I think I'll feel that way too when, when this is all said and done. But I, the conversation came out of just how good of friends we are. Not that I was actually saying Devin doesn't have ambition, but it was just funny that he said that. Like he doesn't, I mean, he, He's so satisfied with his life, which is honestly pretty amazing. That's a, that's a gift. So that's good. Ah, X3 Watch, guys. 
keeping on going with that. We've been had a really good relationship with Craig Gross, Triple X Church, and X3 Watch for a, a long time now. So I want to take a minute and say thank you to them. Thank you for their software. Thank you for their ministry, Craig, for being our buddy and helping us. Um, they've been a good partner with us. And X3 Watch software is something that Toby, Joey, and I use to block pornography and to report to each other when when we look at uh, questionable material on the internet. It sends reports to, to whoever you want it to. Uh, it's a great product that they've developed. If you go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian, you can, you can sign up for the software there and get half off, and it's a really good deal. It's just, it costs about as much as a coffee a month, somewhere in that range. It's a it's an awesome software. It's a, something that we really believe in and endorse very much, and have had uh, since, since we've had such a great relationship with them. They've sponsored us. They believe in us. We believe in them. That's about all it amounts to. Yep, and we created a new phrase uh, for this: is is quit playing with your wiener and get X3 Watch. So yep. sign up and quit playing with your wiener. <laughs> what if it, it's why when it, what if it's your JJ? <laughs> yeah, why are you assuming you, it's for you males? Sexist. What kind of jerk are you? I mean, we have a book coming out written by females about, you know, sexual addiction and masturbation and I pornography. I can't speak and from you, that perspective. I don't have one of those. But, no, but I'm just saying, you, you know, that's true. So don't play with your wiener. Stop playing with your wiener or your vajayjay. Yeah, that's right. And, and get X3 watch. Yeah, so. I don't know. I feel like when we bring females into this, we have to be a little more careful of what we say. It could come across as uh, unkind or chauvinistic. So you're right. You're right. Well, we're not trying to be. We're trying. We're actually trying to be equal. I, yep. I think sometimes that females probably feel offended that we go, "Oh, you don't care about sex at all. It's just it's no issue for you." You know, dudes, uh, dudes struggle and really go through hard times looking at porn, and women don't have to do that. And it's just not true. All right, so we'll be right back in a second with Rick Bizet. He is the pastor of one of the fastest growing churches in America. Hey, this is Matt from the Classic Crime to remind you that the digital pre-order on iTunes for our new record starts tomorrow. And on this pre-order, you can get a free brand new song immediately, instantly downloaded to your computer when you pre-order the album on iTunes. The album is called What Was Done, Volume 1, A Decade Revisited, and it's by my band, The Classic Crime, and it comes out October 28th. Matt, you know one thing that sucks is shaving. I gave it up. I have a humongous beard right now because I was getting so frustrated at those expensive blades. You know how much those things are? Well, yes, they're crazy expensive. I hate buying them because they just they it's it's a big pain, and they all they do is have super overly technology with the new this and that or whatever, and they cost yeah. twelve dollars and you know. totally. And what really stinks though is the cheaper ones, which I've tried to use too, really do rip my face apart. I feel like a baby saying that, but they really do rip my my face apart. So, guess what? Enter Harry's. Harry's dot com is awesome. It was started by two guys who really want to just get rid of the that crazy idea of you need to pay an arm and a leg for razors. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that anymore. And they're super high quality. I mean, they're like the best. Yep. I've been using them myself. Just because I have a big beard right now, I have still a ton of hair on my neck, on the back side of my neck. I my, I mean, the hair that I grow out of So uh, you got your Harry's like razors trunk. and you, you like it. Yep, I and love it. And the shave it. gel and the cream and yeah, all that it, that they send to. it's too. really awesome. And yep. honestly... 
uh, Jess, my wife, was out of razors, and I let her borrow one of mine, and she loved it. Really? We, we both used it. It was, it was just so rad, and it was delivered to our front door. Yeah. I didn't have to go somewhere. I didn't have to go uh, do anything. I just ordered it so easily online. It came right right to our well, door, I'd and we love it. So Harry's.com is a is a razor company that, that makes razors. They ship them to your door, and the thing is they, they make them way cheaper and way better. Uh, than the ones that you can get in the store, and you don't have to go get them. They, the blades that they have are really high quality too, but they're simple. It's just like two or three, two little blades right in there. But they're super clean, super good. So they found the best ones in the world, and and this German factory um, that was making them that they like the best, and so they bought the whole factory. So basically, it takes out the whole razor industry stuff and they just ship them right to your door it's way way cheaper than buying them in the store and you don't have to go get them so it's just like i always talk about the internet it's uh something that we're able to do things now we've never been able to do before so as of now you can really make your shaving and razor buying experience better and one more thing i got to say about this a lot of times you advertise stuff or you hear advertisements for stuff and it's trying to like get you to buy something that you might not need. Let's say a, yeah. a uh, new car, a skateboard, or a vacation, right. or buy a new product. This is something you already use, and this yeah. is so... I'm telling you, you should get this because it'll literally save you money. I'm not trying to advertise you something to go buy to yeah. spend your money on. I'm saying this one's a no-brainer. All you do is save money, buy going to Harry's. So Yeah, and honestly, like I said, cheap razors ripped my neck up, so I was potentially a little skeptical thinking, oh, when this gets here, it's going to be a cheaper razor. It is not. It's awesome. Such an awesome shave, and I'm going to be shaving the rest of my life. And you know what? Just a testament to these razors, Joey shaved his entire chest, and that and the razor was still usable afterwards. That's like almost a quarter mile of shaving. A quarter mile of shaving. <laughs> and it still is there. So, yeah, <laughs> experience a clean, close, comfortable shave with Harry's. Go to harrys.com now, and Harry's will give you $5 off if you type in our coupon code BCPOD with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter coupon code BCPOD at checkout for $5 off and start shaving better today. And we're back. <laughs> All right. We are back with uh, Pastor Rick Bezet. Uh, he is a pastor of New Life Church that, uh, if you Google it, it says it's one of the fastest growing churches in the whole wide world. So we'll just say in the universe. <laughs> and uh, he wrote a book that uh, caught our attention Um it's called uh, Be Real Because Fake is Exhausting. Uh, Pastor Rick, good to have you here, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining Great us. Great to yeah. be here. Yeah, thanks hey, I, a lot, guys. Yeah, I want to let you know that my wife told me to tell you that she likes you a lot, and I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know what <laughs> that wife, means. My wife said the same thing. <laughs> Did she really? Yeah, my wife said the exact same thing. So, uh, <laughs> Pastor Rick, just to tell you, give you a snapshot, um, Toby and I, we both Interesting work. enough, my, my wife actually told me to tell you guys she doesn't like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> we get that all the time, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, uh, Pastor Rick, um, just just to give you a snapshot of who we are, Toby and I uh, work at Seacoast Church, so I know you're well familiar with that. I'm pastor of one of the uh, Seacoast campuses, so I know you and Pastor Greg are buddies, and um, we do have permission to do this, so don't don't try to get us in trouble <laughs> okay. or anything. And about a year and a half ago, we started uh, Bad Christian, um, and we're just really big into openness and transparency, making Jesus the hero. And, uh, I was at, I think I was at an art conference and you were talking about your book and I was like, man, we, you know, when we get a little bigger, we need to ask pastor Rick <laughs> Visa to be on our podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. so, so, uh, 
as as far as let's just dive right in. I, I have a question as far as pastors being too open. Um, do you think there's such thing as being too open? And I'll give you an example um, that I'm not too proud of, and this will be the third podcast that we talk about it. But we were on the uh, we we're on the road and. Uh, we took our podcast on the road on the West Coast, and we interviewed Lecrae a couple weeks ago. In the intro of that podcast, I talked about how uh, when we were on the road, um, I looked at some uh, bad pictures online, uh, just to be more specific, pornographic in nature, and told these guys, talk to them as my accountability partners. But, you know, I talked about it. We we have maybe 30,000 downloads per episode as, as an average. And here I am pastoring a church. Um, what would be your pushback if any, or do you think that's a good thing for the church? Man, you're acing. That's the, that's the right question to ask. You know, uh, I think there's a big difference between being authentic, being real, which is clearly what you guys aim at slash being transparent. You can't be transparent with everyone. Uh, transparency has to be from a confidant. You have to work into that. I think, I think there may be times where a pastor, uh, needs to be transparent with several or a larger group, but typically when I'm transparent and I certainly have secrets in my life, things that I, I need to tell somebody or I'm in big trouble. And, uh, those people, they, I have to work on that relationship. That doesn't happen automatically. And just because I have a mic in my hand doesn't mean that's the moment to do it. Right. And so now, now I could give you examples of when I probably crossed the line and it worked out well for me uh, by sharing my heart. Because uh, on the flip side, uh, what you just described is extremely unusual. Yeah. Uh, pastors hardly ever share too much. They, they uh, they have more secrets and they're lonely and they live on an island. They have no friends and we get weird there. And some of the weirdest <laughs> people I know, uh, you know, are in isolation with not not anyone to talk to. So you, th- that that's probably more of a common issue. <clears throat> One thing we've been talking about lately is it seems like trans like whether you like it or not. Uh, transparency is something that uh, is going to almost be involuntary with the way stuff comes out in the media and public and just just smartphones and the, and technology, and uh, we wonder how that's going to go for the church. I think it's going to have a lot of big implications, but what about the, the idea that transparency is, is coming whether you like it or not? So, you know what I mean? It's not, otherwise, it's yeah. going to start to feel and smell more and more like cover-up in the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, people have always said you can tell what a Christian is really like when they're all alone and no one is watching. Okay, well, first of all, there's a measure of truth in that. Yep. But I believe everybody, when they're all alone and no one is watching them, are going to all do the same things uh, because we're not really made to be alone. So I, in some ways, I think it's going to help us if you want to try to find the one positive thing. I think it helps us when we're, we all feel like we're big brothers, you know, that every, somebody is checking out everything you do. It's certainly going to help you when you travel. It's going to help you with your emails and what you look at and uh I know that a lot of our pastors, they feel like everything they look at in the city we live in is being monitored by people who live in the same city with us. And that, yeah. you know, that, hey, I hope that's not happening, but it, it certainly keeps I mean, I you, think that uh, is a, for safe. sure a positive in, in a lot of ways because uh, I don't even know if it's negative at all. Uh, I'm not saying about privacy rights or whatever. I'm just saying as far as how that impacts the church and and pastors and stuff like that, I think I'm, I think that it's going to really change the way we look uh 
at people because you're going to know that everybody's a real person that makes mistakes that they don't want you to know instead of you know typically with pastors and people like that or or even us we tend to want to admit some little mistakes just to show that we have them but we don't really want to do it what would you (laughs) say are the uh possible harmful um residue of me uh coming clean with that because a first of all i didn't want to you know what i'm saying like i don't I didn't get excited about, ooh, this will be radical and edgy. I get to admit to something like that. Um, quite frankly, I'm glad that I'm not addicted to porn because I would really hate to and uh, you know come out with that. It was more of a, man, I made a mistake. And, you know, we talk uh, X, X3 Church, Triple uh, X Church. They, yeah. uh, they help yeah, sponsor us. I have, us it. I have so, it on all of my computer. I have yeah. it on every computer I have. So uh, they they sponsor us. We're good friends with those guys, and so we actually talk about yeah. uh, X3 Watch every single time, uh, every single podcast. And so we talk about okay, how how were our reports? And so that's why this conversation came up. I, I felt like I was at a place to where I could either say, yeah, I'm clean, and stand against every single thing we've ever talked about as far as authenticity and being open and making Jesus the hero, or I could say, you know what, this sucks, but. Here's here's the truth. Like what what's the harm, the potential harm in that? Well, well, like you said, even in the beginning, what is the positive? You said you're not addicted to porn, but you're having that one hiccup. I think you're not addicted to porn. I think I think we could say it this way. You probably do not have a major struggle with porn because you did tell somebody in the in the beginning of of a bad day you had. And, uh, he didn't tell well, one people. He told thirty thousand. He said, <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, uh, not everybody has that option." All right, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here, here's the deal. What's the benefit? Um, the way you originally set this up, you know, you get more of God. Yeah. A lot of people say, "Well, you confess your sins to God, and He'll forgive you," and that is right. But it also says, if you confess to another you'll be healed. We have a lot of people that are forgiven, but they're not healthy because they, they have all this stuff. It's, it's private. When I first gave my heart to the Lord in 1981, I was smoking a lot of pot that last year. And yeah. man, when I got saved, I, I wanted, I'm, I miss smoking pot. So I called my uncle on the phone who was like a mentor. Uh, and I said, hey, Uncle Randall, I know where I'm going to fall. I know it for sure. If I get a chance to smoke pot and nobody will see it, uh, I'm going to do it. I, I just know for sure I'm going to blow it. And he said, well, you may not now because you just told me about it. He said, let's talk about it regularly, and I want you to get on your face and talk to God about it. Well, that's what I did. My first year, I went a whole year without without doing it, but I was every day I thought this might be the day. And one day I was pumping gas in my car. I used to be a professional golfer, and I was driving to another city. And when I got through pumping gas in my car, I dropped my keys, and they landed right on top of a big, fat hog joint. Those out there don't know what it is. It's a a it's So I picked it up, and my initial thought was, "Praise God!" (laughs) You know, uh, but (laughs) but uh, clearly, uh, you know. So I, I, it was like old habit. I put it in my pocket. I looked around to see if anybody was looking, and then I put put up the gas stuff. Got in the car. Got on the interstate. Punch in the cigarette lighter. Roll down the window two inches. Put the joint in my mouth. And it was at that moment that I remember telling my uncle about it. I remember talking to God about it. And I took the joint. I rolled down my window. I threw it out the window. And it was like this. Yes. 
And some people, when I was saying that one time to a church, the, someone said, you shouldn't throw stuff out the window. And I said, well, it's more, it's more illegal. It's more illegal to smoke joint in the cars. Anyway, um, but I am, I am convinced that, 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 that story turned out good. I, I haven't had an issue with that in a, since then, perhaps. And it's, I think it's because I was honest with my uncle. I was honest with God. And it all came together for me in the moment where I, hey, who knows? If I would have jumped into that, uh, it, it may have destroyed. I may not even be married to the woman I'm married to. So I think yeah. being transparent or authentic. Uh, yeah, I would say, too, I think the thing that gets me, and, and you know, I've gotten a lot of pushback because I've, uh, I, I honestly uh, have probably said this the wrong way and not artic- articulated well, but I do get frustrated when, you know, pastors or famous sports figures or people who will tweet constantly about the Lord and Bible verses and talk about the Lord all, you know, all about the Lord. And then, uh, when their sin is revealed then they, you know, it's just a moral failure and they don't want to talk about it at all, like stay out of my business. And so that I, I do sometimes, I can't totally pull those two worlds together where you can tell somebody all about God, but then not reveal right. certain failings of your, so that that is tough. But that's the thing that also gets me about what Joey's talking about and what you're talking about too is why I respect you guys so much is you're not saying I I can do it on my own. I I, I bull you know I push through and I I stop smoking marijuana because I love Jesus. You said Jesus helped me. He got me in community <laughs> with my uncle. Uh, you know I knew there yeah. was there was people around me and I and and so right. that idea of you didn't do it yourself. It was God enabling you to do that. And at the moment, you were able right. to make that decision because of that. But I think that's the thing that's, that, that's troublesome for me in the church is that that idea. And, and maybe you can even talk to a little bit about this. And I think maybe even yeah. your book kind of yeah. hits on this is this idea of it shouldn't be crazy that Joey mentioned that or that you would mention that in church that you was like, yeah, man, I really wanted to smoke marijuana back then. You know what I mean? Like that, that even at the time, <laughs> like if you wanted to right now, people shouldn't. Uh, hold any pastor or sports figure or famous person in such esteem that that they shouldn't do any wrong. Yeah, so how about that right now, Pastor Rick, if you wanted to smoke weed now? Like, what if just for whatever reason it, you felt like you really wanted to, just like you did that day, or even if you did, how how could you and would you handle that given your position? Oh, yeah, maybe now yours is worry or family No, no, or I, no but how about this? I'm just saying, what if, you yeah. know, you find a joint, you think nobody's looking, and then you go, you know what? Uh-huh. And then you really did really either want to smoke it, whether you did or didn't. How would you handle that yeah. uh, going forward just with, with all the ministry and the platform and the book? Now that you are where you are and you've been a Christian for this many years and all this stuff, how yeah. would you deal with that situation? Would I know, you tell you know, I know exactly. Or? I know exactly how I would deal with it because I do have things that I struggle with, and uh, and I have a friend. I have, I have about three guys that I can talk to about anything. In fact— I'm so close to them that when I walk into a room, they can tell if I've got my edge or not. And uh, and it just saves my tail. And I think the reason why a sports figure in my world, a pastor, the reason why we live privately is because we, we're trained to do it. And when I was in Bible school, and this will help a lot of people, when I was in Bible school, they taught us to fake our relationship with God without ever saying it. And, and pastors are being trained this way all over the world. It's still happening. And this is how they do it. They don't say fake it. This is, how, this is how it goes down. You are a man or a woman of God, and you can't get too close to people. Uh, you have to always have your A game. Uh, you are a mentor. You are a role model. The ministry is lonely. You are the anointed one. You can't let people get too close. When you're having a tough day, act like you're not and, and, and sit on a chair on the stage away from everyone 
and uh, familiarity, what it breeds, if you get too close to people. So when I got into the ministry, I graduated from Bible school and got into the ministry and got married all in the same month. And uh, when I graduated, I got married and then in ministry all in the same month. During that first year, my wife and I were fighting like crazy. It was like wars and rumors of wars in my house. You know that Bible verse that said, don't go to bed with anger in your heart? We were staying yeah. up for like 10, 12 days at a time. <laughs> and so, uh, our, so we fought, and then one day I had to, I yelled at my wife. Our marriage was, was a mess. No one knew because I was hiding it because I thought that was the right thing. Yeah. So we we were yelling. She yelled. At, she said something to me, and I yelled at her. And I told her, I said, "Shut up, Michelle! Right now, I'm sick and tired of you." And she crashed. And I went into my room, and I sensed that I'd hurt. I knew I was in big trouble, and I felt the Lord tell me to go and apologize to her. I went back in there and apologized to her, and this is what she said. And this this woke my woke me up. She said, "Are you being real when you yell at me, or are you being real when you speak?" Were you real when we were dating, or are you real when you yell at me in the living room? I said, babe, I don't know. I messed up, man. And so I went back in my room, and I sensed the Lord tell me to tell the whole church, kind of like you did to the 30,000. This was only 10,000, but it was the Lord's church. And so I'm preaching, and I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell everybody what I said to my wife. And I said, God, I can't do that. They taught us in Bible school, God, never to be transparent. God, they taught us to keep these things down. It was that kind of a prayer time. And uh, I said, God, you need to go to Bible school. They'll clear that up. You can't be transparent. There's no yeah. way. And so I was speaking that weekend and told them what had happened. And at that moment, I sensed, I sensed a greater relationship with the Lord because I was being real. So what what is it what is it going on that, that that we think or the church thinks or the people training pastors think to do that? What 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 are we doing that in the first place for? What's their I mean, if even if it's misguided, what's why are they thinking to tell people to to have their A game on and do that? I don't know. Somehow when you okay, in ministry and I know most of the people who are listening are probably not pastors, so I don't want to put this you guys can put it in your bracket wherever you live, whatever sector and demographic that you live in. But it but as pastors uh, we're we're kind of under the pressure to help people, serve people every day, and there's something about this this calling that uh, I think we get a high off of it. Sometimes we're so honored and respected, and we don't want to lose that. And we think the facade is how you keep it. And uh, and I can I can tell you right now, people are not looking for a perfect leader. They're looking for an authentic leader. And uh, it's probably the reason why you have 30,000 people or even more than that listening to this podcast uh, because you guys are aiming to be sincere and it's, there's a vacuum out there around this topic. People just don't typically do it every day. Well, they don't do it in marriage. They don't do it in the workplace. They don't do it in church. And, uh, and I think people are lonely and they're trying to crack out of this. Yeah, and I, I think our antennas are on I, – I don't know if we're just misled or I don't know if God's put this on our hearts, but our antennas are just – stretched to the limit because i mean we we see a desperate desperate situation because I, I just think that if we don't figure this out as a church as a body of believers and you know we get flack sometimes for being anti-church couldn't be any further from the truth uh we just want to have open dialogue and hey you know if if one of us steps out of bounds please someone you know correct us but i i just think we're we're going to lose our influence 
in culture if we don't figure out how to be more open and do uh, what you did in, in front of your church. And, uh, I mean, people are not trusting the church right yeah, now. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, Pastor Rick. I think people really do long for the leaders to be authentic. At the same time, I think the reason why that happens in seminaries and that happens with our leaders is because people are also scared. If my pastor is weak, if my pastor's messing up, my pastor's looking at pornography or thinking about, you know, cheating on his yeah. wife or taxes or whatever— then what right. does that mean about my faith? And, and that's where the danger, I think, <laughs> lies is that everybody's like scared, like, oh, if, if my leader messes up, that means I'm messed up. And what do I actually believe when in actuality, I think it's the exact opposite. You're, like what, what you're saying and what we're trying to say, too, is if we reveal our weaknesses, does that not make Jesus that much stronger? Man, he's using somebody like me. You know what, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not on my power. Yeah. Like if somebody, uh, if, right. the, if the gospel is spread, uh, and, and I got to be a part of that. I got to be a part of it, not the, uh, by any of my own power or strength or knowledge or anything like that. Like when you, when you reveal that, Hey man, sometimes my marriage is tough. Everybody can go, yeah, marriage is tough. Wow. Let's, let's talk about it. And then right. it's not so hidden. So that, that's what I think. I wish people weren't so scared that that was all encompassing. You know I mean? If you have a bad fight with your wife, that is not your identity. Your identity is Christ. And then, and we all have those things. That's right. And being, you know, look, if I'm speaking on, on marriage and I get to a topic that I'm not acing as a, as a pastor or as a husband, as a dad, whatever the topic might be, I think it's, it's a better teaching if I just let the church know, hey, I do not ace this. For yeah. example, it's hard for me to admit when I'm wrong. I've, I've always had trouble with that. Uh, so when I'm talking about how, how, do you, how do you reconcile relationships, it might be, it might be wise and it might be received properly if I say, hey, guys, what I'm about to tell you I'm working on, uh, I just don't ace this. Yeah. And uh, now, if you don't have any integrity at all and you, right. you just are immoral and you have no integrity, then I highly recommend that you're not transparent or authentic. You might, right. yeah. might want to just keep hiding it out. <laughs> but it's, you know. <laughs> uh, well, let, let me uh, interrupt a little bit just to do some advertisements. People that are listening, you can go to uh, rickbezet.com. That's uh, R-I-C-K-B-E-Z-E-T.com and uh, buy Be Real. Um, it is on my list of books to read. Haven't gotten to it yet. Can't wait to do so. I, I think uh, if you're a church leader, if you buy, if I'm not mistaken, Pastor Rick, if you buy 100 copies, you get a small group curriculum for free. Am I right? That's exactly Sounds right. Sounds right. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this. As far as um, being the pastor of a gigantic church and, I mean, just the fact that someone can Google your name and see, wow, pastor of, you know, fastest-growing church in America and all that stuff, what, what are the struggles there, you know, as far as the very thing that you mentioned as, I mean, you feel it, I feel it, we all want that validation you know that sinful nature wants that approval that that tip in the hat of man that's a good dude right there it's got to get harder when you see that many people coming to your church i mean how do you how do you defend yourself against that well i think you just gotta look this is hard to do because when we when we were voted the fastest growing church in america i went home and googled how many churches there were and i was like off of it you like yeah there's 350,000 churches in America we're number one and I just I, it was it didn't take long before I, uh, I reeked uh, you know with this with this pride in that and I think you can fall into that but the reality will save your butt yeah. the reality is this church is going to grow with or without me if I died today they they'd have a funeral the next weekend 
uh, you know, it would probably be great attendance. And a year after that, even more attendance because it's not built on me. And if it is, we don't have anything. In 1988, I was there. Yeah, this guy named Jimmy Swagger. You guys are too young to remember. No, we know Jimmy Swagger. I still listen to his music. I mean, bro, he was running the whole world in yeah. terms of uh, a Bible in his hand. He had the largest ministry in the world. And I started hearing these rumors that maybe he was uh, in trouble. So I went to that service. And when he announced that he was in sin, it was about the same as if you would have announced that Jesus was not real. Oh, God. The church just crashed. Kids were throwing Bibles on the ground. They were oh, running out. Whoa. And uh, were you at? And, and so you were at that service that's all over YouTube. I, I was there. Oh, I was gosh. there. Yeah, I asked, I asked my pastor on the other side of town if I could go to that service. And uh, did you get his autograph? I was never. Or... A... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right out, right after church. Look, I know it's been a bad week for you, but would you sign this book? <laughs> just real quick. Hey, you know we uh, we actually interviewed. Uh, a couple months ago, we interviewed Jay Baker, who is uh, Jim and Tammy's son, and uh, he—it was really cool. You know, all the, all the crap out there about Jimmy Swaggart, and I mean, honestly, when I think of Jimmy Swaggart, uh, I think my sinful nature kicks in. I'm just like, man, you know, I, I, I can't stand how you know he, you know, in the in the past handful of years, how he said some things that have rubbed me the wrong way, and that's that's on me, not on him. But he said something really, really awesome about Jimmy Swaggart, and just how. At the height of Jim and Tammy's struggles, uh, or maybe it was near the end, but but Jimmy Swaggart, I think, called and you know just kind of checked in, slashed. I'm praying for you guys, which tried uh, to help him out a little. Yeah, bit, was so. I was like, man, that's so. That's, yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. His even it. Jimmy Swaggart, who you know, his whole story is what sleeping with prostitutes and stuff yeah. like that. Like his whole story still isn't defined by that. You know what I mean? Like it it, it is in our human right. brains, but like and yeah. that's just a part of the story that Jesus' blood covered. So that's what's really crazy. One question I like to ask you since you're a pastor and your church is huge and growing um, and we get a lot of questions like this so I'd, I just honestly this would kind of help clear up just from a pastor standpoint a lot of people are worried about the mega church like what is is it just a Walmart for churches is it is it you know there's there's tons of topics out there that some pastors are just giving a watered-down message just to get people in the pews and you know a lot of people that we have that have been burnt by the church that are emailing us and stuff like that um, what and you're like you are a pastor of a mega church. It's growing. You guys are getting more and more campuses. What are you seeing that that makes you excited about that growth? Are you, are you a little worried that that you could yeah, get too big? No. It just this would just help answer that question for them. You know, maybe that could happen someday. But in terms of the way you set it up, you know, like a water down. I think you used that that phrase. You cut out for a second, so I, you know, I'm not that. exactly sure what yep. you said about that. But 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 I will say that people are craving truth, and they want it straight. Uh, you know, when you're authentic, that is obviously being straightforward. Uh, but I find that people, they want you, when they show up at church now, they're in so much trouble. It's like, rescue me. Teach me something that I can bring home and save my life right now. Yeah. I don't believe that people are going to church, loading up a vehicle full of family and getting out of their busy schedule when there's fatigue already set in and driving to a church just a notch, another notch on their belt like, hey, I went to church. It's more of save me right now. Yeah. Teach me something. Rescue me. So what I like about the church right now in terms of growth is that people are coming in because they know they're going to hear they're going to hear the truth. Not every church does it that way, but I find as I travel around and speak in the culture we live in and the nation we live in and the turmoil that is around us, People want it real, they want it raw, and they want it right now. 
Yeah. yeah. I think we experienced that too. I mean, Joey and I work in a mega church and honestly feel called here and just really. Yeah. And you're a good pastor, but yeah. you're no Greg Surratt. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are not. That's a fact. He, he paid us to say that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that a lot of people don't understand that. But I do, sometimes I do wonder what will the church look like? 10, 20, 30 years from now, just at, at size-wise, and what, what will that be uh, with the idea of how big will churches get, into individual churches, and growing into, uh, you know, potentially... Yeah, a big church is not a better church, no doubt about that. Uh, but I, I do believe that churches are going to continue to grow larger, because, for example, here in Arkansas, uh, you know, it's almost weekly that a church is about to close down, and then uh, they, they call us on the phone, and they say, will you help us? Will you... Will you will you help us as a as a church? Can we become a campus of your church? And on and on the conversation grow, goes. So a lot of larger churches are going to grow uh, just through uh, acquisitions of other churches that will want to grow again. I think so there, there I, are I, churches that'll be large, and larger churches will exist at least for a really long time. And and but I do really believe that there's a, a somewhat of a theoretical uh, limit to the size a church can be and be functional same as like a uh you know a car is can only go so fast eventually it starts to be kind of drag limited you know what i mean so there's a theoretical yeah yeah i agree but what what helps with that is well well you are right especially if it was in one building yeah uh but now now we have you know you can have a campus that has 50 people Mm -hmm. yeah and uh and then there's a pastor over that church so i do believe you have to grow large and small simultaneously and uh, so I do. I do see the church being strengthened. Well, I want to. Uh, I want to ask you. You got time for two controversial questions before we wrap let's this up? Let's go for it. All right. Well, and yeah, and first, see. before we do that, uh, why? Uh, obviously, you didn't read a book because you didn't have anything better to do. Why do people need to read? Uh, Be real. Well, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, you know, I believe <laughs> the subtitle gives it away. The yeah. subtitle is, you know, because fake is exhausting. People yeah. are tired, and they'll try anything not to be tired. I mean, there's very few conversations you're going to have in the next 24 hours with someone where they're not going to say, you know, I'm tired. Right. And uh, and they'll try vacation, and they'll try all these things that they should try. But I believe that the Scripture gets it right when it says, draw near to God with a sincere heart. And one of the reasons why... Uh, we're burnt out is because we don't have an authentic relationship with God or with a friend. And uh, so I wrote the book with that in mind, and I think it immediately it's something you can get done today. You can actually make the decision to be that way today. You don't have to work on it for years, and then maybe somehow you'll pull it off. Uh, so I, that's the reason why I wrote the book, and I can sense it, that people, even after the first few chapters, they're, they're uh, writing me and saying, hey, man, you just saved my marriage. Uh, you saved my business. You gave yeah. me my confidence back uh, through some of these things. So that's that's why I awesome. think they should read it. Awesome. I look forward to reading it. All right. So first controversial question is uh, one thing that you and Toby have in common is y'all have both smoked marijuana. Matt and I, we never have. And so I don't know what being high is like. In Colorado right now, if something, if your keys dropped on a big fat blunt, <laughs> Uh, do do you think do you think a Christian would be justified in saying, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and and go to my apartment. It's not illegal. I'm not causing anyone to stumble. Nobody knows. Um, why or why not?" Well, I mean, the Bible is clear. It says, "Be sober-minded." Okay, so uh, you would you say know, that being high is is on the same yeah. level as getting well, drunk. 
Yeah, I mean, you didn't ask me if they lose their Christianity if they go and get high. Right. So, so I'm gl- I'm glad you didn't phrase it that way. But is it a wise thing to do? Is that is that is that going to promote your relationship with the Lord? Are you going to have a good experience with Christ when you do it? Uh, the answer is absolutely not. Okay, so I, I got two things there. It's been bugging me since you since you said that about back before you were a Christian and and when you were a golfer and stuff like that. I gotta know: Does being high help your golf game? <laughs> if it did, I would go smoke a joint today. <laughs> and, and, then, and then two, that really actually in Colorado, at least, or here where I am in Washington, that reverses the uh, what you said about being in the car. It actually is more illegal to throw the joint out the window than smoke it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think you have an idolatry problem, Mr. Pastor Rick. I think golf is more important than God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, second question. We uh, we posted on Facebook on 9-11, you know, first and foremost, honoring, you know, all the victims, families, and all that stuff. But we also, uh, we love to get people talking and, and that sort of thing. And what we asked uh, our followers, and, man, we heard a uh, mouthful from both sides, um, should Christians have rejoiced and put things on Facebook like uh, hallelujah and the Lord reigns and stuff when uh, Osama bin Laden um, was captured and killed. Like, what what should Christians' uh, response have been when that happened, in your opinion? Well, all right. My opinion, in the name of Christ, we probably shouldn't have celebrated. I mean, it's not the Christ in me that was excited that he was dead. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I was pumped that he was dead. But it was more of a patriotism for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this nation, and he, he took a hit at our nation, and he took the claim for it. He was clearly the guy over it, and I, and I felt like we were safer after it happened. So uh, I, maybe maybe there was some of my my love for God that filtered into, well, I was so glad he was dead. Right. Um, but But I think it was just because I love America. What about Christians that say... Uh good hope he's burning in hell forever well i don't you know hey look if, if, if they're pumped about that fine I, I haven't had any of my friends say man i'm just glad he's burning in hell forever but i do think they're right he's probably burning in hell forever i mean so uh but if that if that's what gets them high man i don't know i just don't hang out with the <laughs> hellfire and brimstone cushions we were just glad that he was dead we felt safer and you know i didn't have one friend say hey he's burning in hell forever but i'm sure there's some guys out there that he is burning in hell forever uh but you know i don't necessarily get a high off that i'm just glad he's dead right all right cool well the only other last controversial question some of our listeners write this in they say most pastors get into preaching so they can get like a gigantic house is that true oh yeah every friend that i have the reason why they went into ministry is for the money i mean every one of them that's uh, that's what you want to do if you want to you want to be wealthy go into the ministry and of course i'm being extremely sarcastic but there are some people out there that are doing extremely well i can tell you that but yeah yeah i think that's one of the uh, things that kind of hurts our listeners sometimes they that are not christians or have been burnt by the church they just think is it is it about the money you know what i mean and that's why even going back to that mega church you know there is a lot of money involved in church and so I think it's just being strategic and honestly transparent with that too. Hey, this is what we're doing with the money. If you're and, then, and it doesn't just show that's up right. here and there, then it, I think that that's a, kind of the danger. So, Pastor Rick, we you know, get a lot. Pastor, of, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We, Sorry, I, I was just going to say when a pastor 
uh, gets to make his own salary and he makes a decision for to, to, to make more money and he has no accountability, I think he's going to end up in a huge house. Yep. And uh, yep. But when he has his feet on the ground and he is accountable to some friends, I believe this guy's going to, or this lady is going to yeah, be you're right. gonna, it's gonna yeah, be it, it goes back to that idea what you were saying earlier. He might have a, if that happens, he might have a huge house and a lot of stuff, but you're probably going to be pretty alone in that big old house. So. So, Pastor Rick, we get a lot of people that email us and uh, uh, basically tell us, you know, they're disenfranchised with church or, hey, we're looking for a church. Um, if people in the Little Rock area, you know, ask us about a church, we, we want to tell them about you guys. Are y'all spread all over Little Rock or have y'all expanded outside of Little Rock? What's it look like for New Life right now? Yeah, we're in 10 cities uh, in Arkansas. But let me okay. answer that question. This is this this is not just a, to sound fitting to our subject matter, but yeah. Arkansas is loaded with great churches. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say it was hard to find a good church in a town of 50,000 or smaller even 10 years ago. But now for every town, it's about 50,000 and larger. And you can figure out the ratio for your city where you live. There's probably five great churches that are growing, that are healthy. Uh, many of them love the Lord, many more than that. But, but I'm, I'm proud of the progress that churches are making right now. Arkansas might have the best churches I've ever seen. We only have 3 million people that live in this, in this state, but there are many great churches in, in every city. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, we just want to thank you so much, man. Give me, we kind of ran over a little bit, but you are just a great guest, and we sure do appreciate it. Um, love you. hearing, your, hearing your teachings, and so uh, thanks for joining us, man. Keep up the good work, guys. God bless you. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Too. All right, that was great. What did you guys think? Did you love the podcast? Did uh, you think that he was a liar? Did you hate it? <laughs> Are you, um, no, yeah, I I did like the interview because preachers and pastors just are, especially the ones that are good speakers and authors and can lead big, giant organizations, they, it's, they have to have a really good personality, and Pastor Rick has a great personality. Oh, it makes man, you think yeah. immediately that you're going to like him. It also makes it really hard to argue with him or disagree with him on things yeah. that I definitely disagree with him about and kind of wanted to get into it. And I feel a little bit weak, and I hope our listeners don't ever feel like we're being weak because we're enjoying talking to the person and we only have them for about 30 minutes of their time. Well, I, think, and I think the I truth know. is we are. I mean, I think there, there's there's some truth to that. I mean, there's to what, a part that of we're us. being weak? Yeah. I mean, there's a part of us that's just like, uh, I don't really feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think part of that is us wanting to respect and honor. That's a good thing. But I, yeah. I also think part of it is, uh, I don't know. Like, for you know, for example, and here, here's what I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. He is leading a gigantic church. He better be pretty pumped up about it. He better be pretty hyped up about it. Now, I don't think all all leaders need to feel the same way about it. So I think that was uh, a point of contention that we would have disagreed with as far as uh, I don't think all of the growth in uh, a church like uh, Seacoast, where Toby and I work, uh, and uh, New Life, where Pastor Rick works, I don't think all of that growth is necessarily healthy. I think some of that growth actually causes more work on staff that's already heavily burdened with with ministry, and it's just people that are saying, "Yeah, this is cool. I like this." Yeah, He's but that's funny. just an assumption you're making. Like he would, he would. I mean, he fully, like, for example, I mean, I was joking, obviously, when, I, when he left, but, I mean, for sure, uh, I think he said everything very honestly and openly, oh, and totally he agree. believes it, so just because we disagree, that's that's the problem. I think, for sure, I think we all think, man, we'd love a little bit more 
uh, a deeper conversation. But the truth is we don't know him, and we're trying to be respectful. Same way as with if we had anybody else on here, like uh, Herb Silverman, who's an atheist. I mean, we had some serious conversations, but there were times I, I, I mean, I, I backed off and wouldn't push back just because I want to honor him because the same as inviting somebody to your house and then just blasting them with really hard questions like that. That's not what we are, and we're trying to figure it out. But right. I, I don't see how we can – immediately just go well you know you need to explain more i thought he did explain right. himself but well and i think here here's another part too if if he would have said if pastor rick would have said uh yes christians should not be open about their sin um in any context it just brings anyone down i mean we'd have had to been like whoa no no right. but a lot of of the disagreement it, it really could go either way and i think what is well that's what i'm saying <clears throat> we didn't have any disagreement with him i did what was it? Uh, I mean, I think for sure, um, like I like I said, that's Joey, by the way, uh, Pastor Rick Bazet. I know you're still listening. <laughs> Joey did that, not me. No, I mean, here's the thing. All right, so let me let me preface. Toby calls me the king of prefacing, and I am. But do I think this guy's smarter than me? Yes. Do I honor the heck out of him? Yes. Uh, did I think it was super super neat to have him on the podcast? Uh, yes, I love this guy. But I do think that me, Matt, and Toby, we're supposed to see things a little bit differently. And I don't think we see all uh, church growth in the mega church culture or even in regular church culture. I don't think we see it as all healthy. So you're just talking about them. We should have said more about what we believe. Because he said what he believed. We just That's didn't. True. Yeah. We didn't take the opportunity to say to him. Right. There's like, nothing I, I he think, did wrong. I think Toby yeah. Morrell, what Toby thinks is, no, probably some of the people that got up to go to church, they did it out of obligation to check it off their he list. He didn't say that, too. No, he just said that he is very encouraged by the growth because people that go to church, they, they are already exhausted, so they're, they're not getting in the church out of just because they're supposed to. They're doing it because they want to hear seen. truth. He believes that. Yeah, I he's mean, got his point of view is valid and, and good. Of course it of is. Of course, and stuff like that. I'm just saying as far as, like, I, I, would, I wanted to go a little farther with basically my you know thoughts or prediction. I don't think that the largest of churches – is a sustainable thing. I think there's a million questions about it, like whether you do video or across these campuses, is it going to be one leadership structure? Because the other end of it is, well, if that's true, then eventually there will be the best church structure and there'll only be one. So what we're talking about here then is on us. Like what we're talking about is uh, we just interviewed a a great, compelling, entertaining man uh, and who happens to be a pastor as well. And he did a good job. What we what we talk what we're talking about is we aren't good interviewers. Yeah, what the hell and, are we doing? And yeah. we're we, <laughs> mu- we, we must be scared on a certain. We, we, honestly, I guess we're scared on a certain level to confront somebody because we don't want to upset them or something. And, right. and honestly, yeah, I agree and, with and that. Confront I, sounds kind of like I really liked him, yeah. and I was like, man, it'd be fun one day if I was in Arkansas and could play golf with him. Oh, like, yeah. I actually thought that would be so fun. He's a cool guy. He's doing great things. His church is growing, and I do believe he's trying to be honest and open in his setting and culture and right. stuff like that, we're in a way different. We're, right. we, our, our calling and culture is a lot different than megachurch culture right now. Right. I, I hope, I think, and so that's what we're called to do. So I think for us, what we're talking about, just so everybody knows, is that w- I think we feel like maybe we did a bad job because we would have loved to have go- say what we believe too and it, put that out there and that'd be okay. Not in challenge to Pastor Rick, but in uh, correlation, I guess, yeah. maybe. To, uh, Matt, I'm telling you, man, if if you haven't if you haven't uh, watched a sermon of his, I mean, it is it's just unbelievable. I've never I I, I honestly oh, think man's anointed. For I, sure. Yeah, I honestly don't think that I could think of anyone else who can make you laugh your head off and almost like stand up 
uh, almost like a stand-up comic uh, comedian uh-huh. uh, that mixes such deeply rooted truth that can make you cry the very next second. I mean, it's 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 a work of art, man. Well, I mean, I mean they, they, powerful, have you even seen him with his shirt off? Dude, shred. <laughs> I, I, just, I mean, I have feel, you heard him play the piano? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I feel like that's uh, just the way they grow those really charming types in Arkansas. It's just like Bill Clinton then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Really smart, really charming, and you know he's just going to be able to do it. And I think he's, I think it's great. I'm I, certain that he does not want to be compared to <laughs> Bill Clinton. So I, th- I think they're both very charming, successful men that can lead from Arkansas. So I think the parallel is is uh, warranted. Our old Arkansas man. Uh, what's the restaurant we always go there? Flying the fish, fish. Flying fish. Man, that place is awesome. I love it. Anyway. To say all this more, we really enjoyed having him, and we don't want to disrespect him. And honestly, I think we all are just talking here that we wish we were better interviewers. We don't do a good job of articulating what we're trying to say. That's what I think. Probably the problem is we just think we're going to immediately cause an argument, and you know that's just not the truth. You know, I don't. Maybe if we just are confident in what we're saying, because we're okay. Like I mean, if he if if a guest comes on and pushes back. We're fine with that. Yeah. I mean, we, we we literally are wrong a ton. So, I mean, they, you know, that's totally fine. But yeah, you know, the craziest thing is, uh, and, and we should we should just we should just start that science segment right now, baby. Uh, but here's a, a scientific point that uh, once I learned, I started to take advantage of, it, and it really does work. But what you um, meditate on, read, study, try to memorize right before sleep, sleep kind of acts as concretizing it and what did uh, you just say concretizing <laughs> <laughs> he what? said concretizing which i guess might be a word concretizing yeah it's totally a word concretizing concretizing and he's y- pronouncing that concretizing i guess is will be the word what, i guess the word that's the word concretion <laughs> <laughs> google it google it right now but anyway it really does act as firming up what you and man concretize I, it. in uh in college Matt i used to concretize gr- in college, I used to study uh, for a test, gun crowd, gun and then sorry. I would take a break, but I would make sure that I looked over my notes right before I went to bed. And I'm telling you, man, I woke up, and I was like, dude, I got this. No, that, that's true to, to, to a degree, but it, it's more rooted in uh, especially physical processes. So, like, uh, if you've ever been skiing, uh, some routine or activity like skiing that you don't normally do, and then you go lay down and fall asleep that night, and, you you know, you keep if you as soon as you start drifting off, you feel like you're back on that ski slope kind of thing. Yeah. So especially for motor skills and stuff like that get worked out. They do have done tests where uh, they teach somebody a new skill and they train them on it, uh, a motor skill, and then let them sleep. And then they test with, you know, what much better the next day after sleeping without any further training. Yeah. So because, you, you know, you, you kind of unpack it as you do. It's, it is harder and less effective for uh, just cognitive information stuff because there's yeah. less to work out. So, but that is interesting. Guys, after living in this world as long as I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 45 and, years. Uh, nope, not that long. Uh, 28 years. Uh, th- sometimes I get a little disenchanted. Sometimes yeah, I, yeah, I feel like that too. Sometimes you get a little concretized in this world. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes your, concret- cr- your concretorial process gets a little funk in it. Yep, and, and I have to ask, is it my asphalt? I don't know. <laughs> so when that happens, the thing asphalt. I think most is I need some truth. You guys want some truth? 
Let's do this it. This early morning truth. I can handle it. Yeah, I could. You know what? My true answer to that is I could do without. <laughs> Very early in the morning in Charleston, South Carolina, there is one man longing, dare I say, creating an atmosphere of truth. My name is Toby Morrell. I'm here to report the news. That's right, baby. Toby's the, my boy. The damn news. First one's gonna affect Joey pretty badly. Uh, uh, it's about depression or pizza, or sex or more. How murder. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Papa Murphy's employee admits <laughs> rubbing scrotum on pizza was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he admitted it. <laughs> this comes from my, my good friends in the Huffington Post. Does this pizza does this pizza taste a little nutty? A Texas teen employed at Papa Murphy's Pizza franchise faces criminal charges after a customer a customer caught him in the act of rubbing oh. his scrotum on an uncooked stuffed crust Hawaiian pizza. I'm glad that they described the pizza in detail. Uh, that's why I stay away from that Hawaiian pizza. I never have done that because of the, the potential of the, the touch of the scrotum. Hey, hey, my uh, question is, what did the customer say? Did they yell with their fingers pointed? Hey, I saw that. Actually, it tells you. It's this. The customer said, so you are old enough to know better than to put your balls on someone's pizza. <laughs> yeah, old enough to know better. Like, <laughs> and, and, and the guy, the guy responded, Austin Simmons, 18, responded, Yes, man, I'm really sorry. That was stupid. <laughs> That's unbelievable. First of all, you have to, it, it's not that you are old enough to know better. You have to be at least a certain age to even have that idea to put your balls yeah. on pizza. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's not like young I, kids. It really do it does all the make time. me think, though. Yeah. I mean, don't, how, yeah, like Waylon doesn't do that when he's mad at me. <laughs> does he? Well, yeah, I guess it's a certain age when you realize you when can you put your, you can your genitals on something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I better put my genitals on this to get back at you. Uh, this, this begs the question, though, how often? Then have all of us oh, had like pizza amounts. or food unbelievable. that has had like testicles or spit or unbelievable? Or all that you know you what just I mean? Don't want to know. And it doesn't. First I mean, of it, all, it doesn't matter. I mean, Matt, are you saying that it's a hundred percent that like us three right here have had that? Uh, yeah. Well, let let me break it down. There's a there's a lot of aspects to this. So first of all, for, well, first of all, I want to I want to note that uh, it was an uncooked pizza, so he was gonna cook it. So whatever's on it, no problem, right? Yeah, but no, because, uh, Papa Murphy's they send they send it home. Yeah, but cooked. you you cook it. So if there was uh, E. coli bacteria, which is from the the gut of a cow, that's you know could get, cause you deadly sickness that is on your hamburger meat before you cook it, then you cook it and it yeah. and it goes away. So anything that could be on a but man, I, I would have to say no matter what, it basically tainted the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that pizza was in fact tainted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but so, yeah, of course, so the hang up then is not that there's any germs or anything bad. First of all, he cooked it. Second of all, even if you didn't cook it, even if, I mean, all the stuff that, that you get that people spit in your food and they're put, there's always been hair in it. People, I mean, people have done all that stuff. They piss in coffee pots at the workplace is a common oh my one. Lord. It's happened, and I promise you, it's happened to you. I guarantee it's happened to everybody out there that's eaten in a restaurant. And even if you eat in people's houses, it's probably happened to you. There is, Bio matter, you know, fecal, 
every kind of thing that you that you ingest and you've ingested yeah. it a lot you just don't it's but it doesn't it's not going to hurt you really so that's not the issue so you're just way better off not to know you have to accept that that is a fact in reality and you just hope you never find out or or know it directly you know you hope yeah. you never find a loogie all under your pepperoni but it happens yeah they they even said they even followed up at the very end that last year it was reported that a subway employee admitted to reporters that he put his penis on a sam- on sandwich bread and then posted the photos of the act on Instagram. Oh, it happens Yeah, yeah this, is, this is more normal than you think for sh- for sure. One other thing I want to point everybody's attention to is also uh, this one dri- will drive you crazy if you think about it. Like let's say you smell a fart or some doo doo. Well, Ugh. it is phys- the only way you could smell that is by actual particles of that fart or doo-doo or gas going into your nose and binding to your olfactory and the receptors there. So every time you even smell something, you are having contact with, I mean, if you smell a turd, yeah. you, there's turd in your nose, a- inside your body that you've ingested at that nice. point. Isn't it just air turd? Well, you mean it's air, there's molecules of a turd so that are in the air. Th- so it, it yeah. just didn't make the air stinky? Well, how so you're saying, Joey? There's a physical particle that your that inside of your nose yeah. that so that, if you smelt that binds it, you to it. Felt it. If you smelt <laughs> it, you felt it. That's exactly right. So you know, I've got yeah. a I've got you a just very have to get good, over all that stuff. I've got a very good assistant uh, at the church, and she warned me about that. She said, you know, when you walk into uh, the restroom and it smells like poop, you're getting poop in your nose. Right. That's right. that's right. That's true. Wow. Man, great conversation between you and your church administrator. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is a very short story, but I heard this on the news today, and I just kind of wanted to report on it. But uh, you guys all know about John Rivers' passing recently, mm-hmm. right? The 81-year-old comedian was supposed to just have only a routine procedure uh, on August 28th, but it took an untimely fatal turn. Uh, but uh, while she was under anesthesia, her doctor actually took a selfie with her. No way. Yeah, yeah, and then she passed away, and so he has since then now stepped down, I believe. But uh, isn't what do y'all think about that? Like that idea of fame and even taking that moment. Like, I mean, if everything would have been okay and she would have left, would she have been mad? Is that is that like a kind of infringing? Like, right? I mean, yes. you're trusting that doctor, right? And you're, yes. he, you're out snoring and he's taking a selfie with you. That's just terrible, the, right? The, well, I, that doesn't make sense to me because that's that's a selfie that you can't, it, you, I mean, the point of a selfie is to, to post it or share it, but you can't yeah. you can't share that because it's not so much that his distraction for eight seconds to take the picture is the troubling part. It's there's that really creepy thing about being under, you know, and the uh, right. violation of your rights or privacy or what or what can the dentist do to you while you're under the doctor like that. That's creepy. Right. If they can take that picture, yeah, you know, that's weird. So that's a picture that I don't see why he's taking it because there's no way he could have ever used it. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't post it anywhere because it's, it's so creepy to even. So have we would have done that with Brett Favre, you know, so. if he couldn't share it. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I would have taken a selfie <laughs> with. If you were with operating on Brett Favre's penis, you would have taken a selfie with it. I would taken a selfie with it. If yeah. you were a dong extension uh, specialist MD and you were working on Brett Favre, then you would have t- taken a selfie with his wiener. But yeah, hey, no, so I mean that 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 that's. I'm sure that's in an actual violation of a rule or the Hippocratic Oath or something. Yeah, I I think it's just disrespectful, dishonoring, and uh, like, is it illegally wrong? I think, think it's probably against their o- at least their oath or, or ethics. I mean, that's not. I don't know if it's a law, law, but it for sure is medically unethical for a, a it doctor. It just shows how self-centered. Yeah, it's against the are. hip, hip- I mean, it's hypnotic. It's oath. a grand. Got what he wanted. Hypnotic yep. oath. Yep. All right, last story here. I thought this one was kind of interesting. Uh, and this comes from Huffington Post as well. That last one's from AP. Japanese porn star Mena o- Akai. <laughs> 
<laughs> Featured on school book by mistake. A math book made for Thai college students is being subtracted from the market after it was discovered that the woman on the cover is a Japanese porn actress. The book titled Basic Mathematics featured a photo of a professional-looking young school teacher on the cover, and that, and that was pulled from Google Images. What the publisher, uh, I'm not going to read... Wang Thai Book Center <laughs> didn't realize. I'm not. I'm language. trying to. I'm trying to pronounce. I'm no, not making fun. fun. Uh, they they didn't realize that she was a porn actress and that the picture was actually part of a photo set promoting an adult video entitled "Costume Play Working Girl." <laughs> <laughs> so they just like lifted that picture, yeah, bought it yeah. probably or something like that. Didn't realize, and so and so then everybody recognized it, so they had to take it down. What do you guys think about that? I mean, it, it in no way they show the picture. In no way is it sexual at all. It's just a, a lady. Like looking at a math book and with statistics and, and graphs behind her and stuff like that. So I, I think they're thinking that they're compromising the integrity of their of business. Math. Of their business. Well, also. it I mean, sounds like they actual... didn't do right in um, finding and getting the right clearance for that picture. Because if they would have gotten proper clearance, it seems like they stole the picture from Google Images just lazily to put on right. there. So they skipped a step Maybe there. Right. So that is on them. Yeah, we've never had done they, that. Yeah, I know. Save money. I know. That's yeah. why I know have done it because that's what I do but all the time. But it's uh, so that they were trying to save money and time on that, and that's why they got kind of busted on If they had done due diligence or, or tried to photo credit properly or get that clear, right. then they would have known. So what's interesting to me is all three of the stories today uh, yeah. further reinforce what we've been talking about a lot and what I'm talking about all the time, which is all three of these stories are about people doing something and getting busted for it due to basically uh, technology or getting found yeah. out, whether it be somebody seeing you uh, do put your scrotum on something or take that selfie or the, the truth coming out about the you know what picture that used and who that person was. None of that stuff, but most of the stuff wouldn't have been possible a long time ago. So, you know, pay attention, people. This yeah, the this, scrotum on the pizza would have just been urban legend now through technology and news. And yeah, that and all but that stuff, but you know. yeah, that was less technological, but it's still in the realm of uh, truth getting exposed and then disseminated across to everybody. So, I mean that that that's crazy. I mean that's where we're at, and uh, I mean you can't you just can't get away with anything. Toby, I'm going to say that the news is pretty good, but once again, man, you just don't care about the serious stuff. You just bring up kind of some this silly is very serious. Joan, that Joan River story is legitimate news. Yeah, I she think. died. And yeah. I asked you about the, uh, you know, was there a doctor causing something illegal? You think that's a joke? You're, you are disgusting. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, you forgot a lot. <laughs> you fat guy. <laughs> <laughs>